the Honeysuckle Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Amanda Azaro. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Honeysuckle Podcast. So what is this? This is a passion project of mine that I had inspired to talk to some of the creators I knew and perhaps didn't know so well because they inspired me and I thought that the message could translate very well and inspire you. Honeysuckle, for me, when I think about it, I think about things that are nostalgic. I reminisce about my childhood and how something so naturally sweet was always so readily available from the way it smelled, it, it looked when you touched it, to when I even picked it and shared it with um, And so translating that into stories that are tangible that we can relate to, we can gain inspiration from, I thought, why not? Let's do this. Let's make a podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining in today. I know there's several things out there that you could be listening to, but you chose today to sit here with us, and I'm thrilled that you chose to join the Hanaseko podcast because we have a special guest today. None other than the Miss Christina Elmore Duke. She is a fabulous actress and creative who I so adore. Currently, she is playing a few roles that you may be familiar with. Uh, the role of Condola on HBO's Insecure and also a role on BET's breakout hit 20s which I happen to love so much that was created by Miss Lena Waithe so thank you for joining us today Christina thanks for having me so I want to dive into you a little bit more so tell us about your artistry and where you are now and the work that you're doing and how you sort of got there so I think I'll first say that like I think only recently have I embraced even the word like artist or artistry as it pertains to me. And I don't know why, because it's not like I thought it's what other actors say that they're artists. It's not like I was ever like, no, you're not. <laughs> but for some reason, I never took it on for me. I would always be like, well, I'm an actor. I don't know if I'm an artist, because am I really creating anything? Am I really like, what's my output? Like, I'm just saying other people's words. Um, and it's only been recently that I'm like, no, my interpretation or like my living that full character and like my transformation or whatever it is uh, that I bring to the character that is artistry and that counts um, and I think only like in the last year have that even been something that I've embraced so I will say yes my artistry I'll talk <laughs> about it a little bit um, so I'm an actor primarily um, and I know you because I know your sister and brother-in-law from graduate school so after undergrad where I knew I wanted to be an actor when I went to undergrad I knew I wanted to be an actor but I also wanted to have like a normal liberal arts college experience. So I went to Harvard for African-American studies, but also studied acting as like my secondary. And then went to ACT, American Conservatory Theater, for um, grad school in San Francisco. Where all the grades go. Ah, the grades I know. <laughs> and then I came down to L.A. And I'm from here originally. Um, so I came back and then I've just been trying to work. And so thankfully, God was so sweet. I got out of school and got um, a role in a show called The Last Ship and was on that for like five years. And that was a learning experience. I like had never done anything as it relates to TV and I'd done like one minute on film at that point. So um, 
it was a lot to learn. And now since then, in between I had a baby and um, have a guest starred on some things and just started a new series called 20s that'll be on BET. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a whole little ride. And that's where I am right now. And then in between, doing as much theater as I can, not as much as I'd want to be doing. So guys, hire me. Put me in place, please. Um, and then taking care of my baby and, like, trying to be a good friend and wife and stuff and an artist, if you will. <laughs> Where does that power come from? I mean, it shows up in your work. It, you have sort of a Lorraine Hansberry feel to you. There's presence in the way that you articulate your words um, and you deliver your lines and it's apparent in the, the depths of which you go in relationships whether it be on or off screen and the, there's a certain power to you so where does that come from and how do you maintain it I guess Jesus I don't know I mean I honestly I truly think Jesus <laughs> I am a Christian and try to live by the spirit um but I don't know I don't even know if it's a power so I kind of appreciate you saying that I don't know I I just am trying to live by the spirit, be kind to others, do my best work. I really, really like my job. I really like acting. And like, I'm really grateful, because I would do it if I didn't get paid for it. I would just be working seven jobs and trying to do it. So I feel super grateful that I've been able to like pay for my life with it. Um, and so I think that it's, Honestly, I think people talk about this a lot, like don't become an actor if there's other stuff that you can do. And I don't think there's much else that I could do and find joy and a contentment. And that's not saying that I couldn't do it and have a nice life and it'd be fine. It just would always be, I would never be able to watch TV. I would never go to a movie. I would never go to a play because I would be envious <laughs> um, and wanting to be up there. So I don't know. I guess the power comes from like a deep, um, desire to do this work and then also just a deep love for God and like trying to love his people that way mm -hmm. I think so I don't know I, I don't know if it's on every day but I guess that's the goal girl absolutely I think this is one of the things as a writer I had to kind of find my way through and not feel guilty you know for doing it waking up every day and diving into a notebook and not necessarily getting paid for it, you know, but I loved it. And then I think the whole beauty of the journey is eventually being able to monetize that. And then the icing on the cake with the cherry on top is when you have a network, you know, that supports and loves you for what you're doing and your craft and, they under, They not only understand, but they like push you to continue um, to realize your vision. So I'm curious, how does your network or support system actually play a part in that journey for you? And how does it impact? I think that's like the number one thing. Because I think starting from like my family who didn't say, like my dad and my mom, they paid for me to go to college knowing that I wanted to become an actor. So they weren't like, 
girl, go to conservatory or don't go at all. They were, or they weren't like, you know, no, you can't do pursue that. Go and get a regular job. But they, they understood that I really wanted to have a liberal arts college experience and that my, there's so many things that while I love acting, there's also other things that feed my brain and like drive my interest. And they were willing to not only like support me, but like financially help me do that. So I will never stop being grateful to them. But I think that that's the key. It started with people who were like, yeah, you can do that. And yeah, it's, that's feasible and viable and will help you. And so like my family first, but then I know you because of this. Like, you know what I mean? Like this network of people who are like trying to do this crazy weird thing of being artists and creators and performers um, and are like, yeah, we'll help each other do it. (laughs) Um, So like from grad school, like the connections and friendships that I made there that have carried on in LA and People, every time I work on something, the collaborators you meet, I, I pick up a few people along the way that like I keep as my friends, my family, my chosen family. So I think I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have that sort of community. And when I was not, and in the moments when I am not being paid to do it, the only way that you get to do this work is either at auditions or with your friends, like doing readings and like helping other people with auditions and helping other people with scenes and like really building a community so that you actually are doing the thing you love. Because I think as a writer, you can wake up and you can sit down and write. And so when I wake up and sit down and write, that is something that I can do. But it's hard to do a scene alone. You know, I can work on a monologue, I can read some plays, um, and those are, that's important things to do. But you really, it's, it's a collaborative art form and so I'm super, super grateful for like all of the friends and family that I've built in this little crazy thing we're trying to do. Absolutely. Those moments are so important. I think one of the things I, I learned at my last job um, was that I want to direct. And, you know, it was, it was funny because um, one of my former bosses allowed me to come on his set and I got to sit in his director's chair and just kind of be in the environment and see that perspective and you know what I didn't want to leave I went I stayed way longer than I was supposed to I just soaked it all in and had this feeling of this is what I'm supposed to be doing that's it this is you know everything and so I'm kind of curious about you, um, and this could be, you know, for a multitude of different things in the industry because we know um, that you have those capabilities of what were those situations and circumstances that told you this is it? So I think the first one that I can, like, really remember well is I was in seventh grade, and we were doing... I've never even heard of it since, but there's a musical called How to Eat Like a Child and Other Lessons in Not Being Grown Up. And it was like my first play. Because I had been in like, you know, like a Thanksgiving pageant and like I'd taken like some summer camp acting classes, but I had never done like a full production and we were going to do the whole thing. And we had to audition. And I think this is where I really realized, wait a minute, I love doing this. And I didn't know yet that I could do it as my job or that I would, but in the audition, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I was like, even if I just, if I never get to do a play and never get to do anything, I like auditioning. Um, and I think that I'm really grateful for that because <laughs> auditioning is a whole process. But I actually really enjoy it. And I was in the audition and I was singing the song and I saw 
my the music teacher look at I think she was like a math teacher or something but she was going to direct the play I saw him look at her and be like and I could tell that he was into it and I just needed that one little piece of validation and I was like oh y'all like this and then I went harder and longer and stronger and um, I don't even remember what role I had or if it was good it was really the play I can't even hardly remember it was in the audition and I was like oh yeah this is my jam this is what I want to do forever I didn't know if I would be able to do it forever but that was like the spark um, but then even now, like I'm listening on audiobook to this book called Where the Crawdags Sing, and it's one of Reese Witherspoon's like book club picks. And I think when I think of Reese Witherspoon, I think of her as an actor, but I'm starting to really think of her as a producer in a lot of ways. And, and I love that so much of the work that she's producing is literary and comes from books. Um, and so I've been, I've listened to like the last three books I've listened to have been Reese's picks or and something about listening to those and then imagining how they will be on screen has made me really excited about the idea of producing more um, and that starting my own like production company and choosing work that I'm already obsessed with. Reese and I have very different opinions on what that work would be. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but like the idea, that was like, that's awesome yeah. that she's reading books and going to make them into something and, and then starring in them too. I'm like, girl, this is what I want to do. Her, Carrie Washington's doing a similar thing. Um, so I'm really excited about producing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And Reese, um, if you're listening, which I'll hashtag. And yes, we love you, girl. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. please, and drop the Amen, yeah. Or just like, if y'all are going to do a third season of Big Little Lies, call me, you know. <laughs> you know, over the years, I've grown to be more open about my struggles with anxiety or depression or mental health in general whether it be an onset from an event or um, the pressures of adulthood etc I don't take it lightly when others you know open up and reveal past struggles that they've been through and as my conversation went deeper with Christina she you know revealed that she had had um, a bit of baby blues which that's something I never even heard of prior to the conversation Um, I asked her pointedly about postpartum and motherhood etc to gain more understanding of kind of how her creative journey was impacted, if at all, and she openly and honestly told me her truth and told me her story and her journey, and that kind of opened my eyes even more and made me more, um, gain more admiration for the person that she is, and so this next, next phase of the conversation, I feel really reveals even further of you know her power and her creativity and her strength so christina if you're listening thank you again um i hope you all enjoy this next half of the podcast there were several points that you made <laughs> there was validation there was joy of the process and there was preparation and 
those things are great. But I, I want to hear about, could you tell me about when you're not getting those things, when you're not, you know, the one chosen out of the room, how do you process that and move through, you know, the disappointment? Like, honestly, I think that thankfully my, my adult brain has switched over from my seventh grade brain that I no longer need to be in an audition room and think like, oh, they like me. Um, because if I did, I would have quit because like you go to a hundred auditions and get two jobs. Like if that, uh, so I think thankfully I no longer look for them to tell me I did a good job. It's, it had to switch to me being like, oh, I know I went in there and I did the, what I could do. So my job is never, I had to let go of the idea a long time ago that getting the job means you did good on the audition because they're seeing a hundred people. At, at, at the at worst, 50 of them are going to be great for the role. Do you know what I mean? And like, so there's going to be 50 girls who could have done it and will do it well. If they cast them today, it would be great. It would be fine. There's nothing. But then it gets down to like, oh, who has the chemistry with the other actor? And then it gets down to, oh, actually, we had already put an offer in with the name last week, and they said yes. And it gets down to, like, oh, her nose and her height and her this, and she knows this person, and she worked on this with this other person. And, and so it really has so little to do with the, with the work that you actually do in the room that I had to change my mindset from thinking to go and book the audition, but to book the room. Mm -hmm. So I want the casting directors to think, oh, here's a competent actor who has made interesting choices, who, who we believed. Whether or not she's the right person for the role or not, who cares? We will call her back for other things. And that's literally it. I want to go in there and feel like when I leave, they will think of me for something else. So, because I'm not going to get the job. Like, and it's not because you're not a good actor and it's not even because you're not right for the role. It's just that there's 10 people who are. Um, or the celebrity that they offer to is going to say yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or like a girl who has a YouTube channel, and I'm not hating on this at all, is going to get it. And I think that's a fine avenue to take. I think that there's been a lot of recently, especially with this whole clickbait culture and social media, that people, a lot of actors are who are trained, and I'm using quotes, <laughs> um, <laughs> because are like, oh, well, singers are getting our jobs, and... Girls from Instagram are getting our jobs. And you know what? It wasn't your job. <laughs> like, it, was, it turns out, I guess it was the singer's job this time or the Instagram girl. And then I think that we've, like, decided what's the the right journey. Like, so my journey is that I went to undergrad and then I went to grad school and studied acting. And does that mean that I should get the jobs over someone who who has more of a raw talent, who didn't go to graduate school but also has been honing her craft in her house and makes some YouTube videos and she has a lot of charisma and it's compelling that counts so I had to yeah I think that's I'm getting I'm going on a tangent but I had to stop looking for that validation from other people and found it in me and that and sometimes I don't get that either sometimes I go into an audition and I know it was bad they know it was bad <laughs> we all know it was bad and I'm glad we can be on the same page about it and that's when I go and get, like, a treat. <laughs> Do you have a particular treat? <laughs> it used to be frozen yogurt, but now I'm trying to stay away from dairy. So it's sometimes, like, I don't know, like a green juice. That's not much of a treat, but I'd be doing it. <laughs> I'd be trying to stay healthy at the same time. I love that. So what are some things that you would love to be a part of? Think, like, 
if I were to <laughs> write something for you or if perhaps Amara Brockakil were to write a specific role for you right now, what would you like to be a part of going in, I guess, in the future or now? So I think, honestly, okay, so when the last shift ended, I told Ryan, my husband, I was like, I really want, the next thing I want to do is do a half-hour show that shoots in L.A. that is funny and about black people, and that is good. And so then, God was so sweet, a few months later, I auditioned for a recurring role on Insecure, and I got it, and I was a, and I was like, this is exactly what I asked for, like, and I, and I literally said on cable, not on a network, so that it doesn't easily get canceled, and so I thought, oh, Insecure is it, and I was super excited about it, and it was a fun two-episode little run, and then they said, maybe we'll have you back, and so great, I'll go back, that's great, but then a few months after that, I booked 20s, which is also exactly what I asked for, like, half hour, shooting in LA, funny, with black people, and about blackness and not a stereotypical way so now i'm like well if god is out here answering prayers like this <laughs> what else do i need to ask <laughs> so honestly i feel like my i, I i'm gonna just say let's see i want to be doing really interesting independent films <laughs> that playing characters that i haven't yet so i feel like i've been playing people who have their stuff together and i think that part of that is like my personality is to very much appear as always like I have my stuff together. <laughs> um, and so I think I walk into auditions and in those roles I am very confident and ready to go. And I'm ready to play broken. I'm ready to play, because I truly am inside, you know what I mean? I'm, um, I'm ready to play someone who doesn't have the mask on as much and who's like, um, and I don't mean like I'm trying to play drug addicts or prostitutes. I mean like I want to play interesting people who are living regular lives and who struggle, like, because we do. Um, I'm also ready to, like, walk in motherhood and play some moms. I've never played a mom. Um, but, yeah, the next thing I really want to do is films. I want to do more films, and I want to do a lot more theater. So I want to I do a lot more of the classics and the greats, and I want to play a black person on stage who is written as black. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, so for, I'm just throwing this out there, Lord. <laughs> yes. Well, we will definitely be praying for you. Yes, audience, you are included. Um, I, I see that all happening for you and coming to fruition uh, times 10. So I'm excited just thinking about it. Um, I, I'm so curious about the structure in your life because you're manifesting and really walking through doors that are seem to be incredible. So I'm curious about the routine that you've put in place. What does your day-to-day -day look like? Nowadays, because I have a two-year-old who wakes up at 6.30, it's waking up at like six. For some reason, my body knows. My body knows when he's gonna wake up. So I wake up 15 to 20 minutes before he does. I lay in bed. On a good day, I'll remember to pray. Um, on a bad day, I will pray after. I remember I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, I have devotionals that I read um, using my little Bible app. And, and then I get up and Silas is up. And then we hang out in my bed for a little bit. We snuggle up, talk to Ryan, talk about every how everybody slept. If you had good dreams. Mama, you have good dreams. 
Um, it's, so sweet. it's very, very sweet. So I'm like, you sleep good? I sleep good. Um, talk about that. Get up. And then if it's a day that I get to be home with him, then it's, you know, breakfast and all that stuff. And then later, it's like at nighttime after he goes to sleep, I'm like, oh, what would I be doing with my day if it wasn't just him? Um, and it's, you know, getting back into that. It's really hard, I realize. Real, I'm realizing to um, to be a creator when I'm actively momming. And I think there I know women who are able to sort of, or who at least appear to me to look like they found more of a balance in that. Um, your sister being one of them, like where I feel like she is, not only is she creating in spite of mothering, but I feel like something about this mothering journey for her has been really like creatively inspiring for her. And so I'm really admirer, I admire women who I see, and fathers who I see, um, who like this parenting thing has like ignited more of their creativity because I don't feel like it has for me. I feel like for me it's, I don't want to say like dampened it, but it's certainly made it harder for me to have the clear mind to do it um, and then the desire and the want to because by the end of the day I'm tired. So I very candidly went through depression and have struggled with anxiety. Um, did you experience uh, anything like that or postpartum depression specifically in your journey? So I didn't have postpartum depression and I'm very grateful I did have what they call like baby blues where it wasn't clinical depression it hadn't turned into that but it was a period of you know hormonally there's a lot going on and then also like sleep wise there's a lot going on you're not getting much and your body and you're recovering and you're it's a very stressful time and my son had um it's called laryngomalacia where his larynx hadn't fully developed so there was a lot of like time at doctors and the hospital and things where we didn't know what was going on and there's a lot of and it turns out to be that's something that he grew out of and he's fine totally but there was a lot of stress um so I did experience like sort of a dip in mood um and I was there's a little like little questionnaire or quiz they give you right at the six week mark after postpartum to like see like are you depressed? Like, where are you headed? And I was one question away from her being like, oh, we would have to see someone. So I was one question away from the depression. Um, but I did have baby blues. And so I had not, I have been an anxious person. I don't know that I have anxiety um, because I think that's a real thing that can be treated and talked about. And I don't want to downplay that. So I have, I am, I skew anxious. Um, and, but I had not experienced like that, deep kind of melancholy before so it was I think that does play into like not feeling very creative and not feeling like you know, what is there to create I'm just trying to sleep I'm trying to get. <laughs> um, and I think it's hard to come out of it I have I don't feel down I don't I feel fine um, but I do feel a little I don't want to call it lazy. I do feel a little less motivated mm -hmm. and a little less, um, my ambition has dampened. Mm -hmm. um, and that hasn't played a role yet in seeking out work, but in creating work it has. I think I've been working more to 
be more in tune to what inspires me instead of motivating me. Um, I'm, I've always been a list checker and someone who looked for motivation. One of my sayings used to be, stay motivated and going to therapy and just kind of also through experience. I was like, okay, it's almost one of those things like, I feel like you may hinder yourself if you only focus on the motivation. So instead, I've been trying to focus on what's inspiring me when it comes to being creative and from that point to move forward with creating because I had to figure out the differences, to be honest, because it's kind of like that age old discussion of, you know, skill versus talent and how much we focus too much on one or the other and not the entire picture. And so walking through life now, trying to adopt experiences, like if I go on a hike, that inspires me being outdoors or if I am reading a book. It's not, I didn't have to make a list to do that. Um, It just, you know, kind of jumped out at me and allowed me to absorb that inspirational environment and so that actually helped me to kind of navigate through you know my creative process and so that's my I think that was my shift in thinking I really like that shift in thinking because I don't I think that I'm like you and that like I'm a person who like I want to get an A in things do you know what I mean like if yeah. I say I'm going to do something, I want to ac- accomplish the whole thing, check off all the boxes, and do it right. Yeah. And so then I think I sabotage myself by saying, well, I just won't even make the list. Mm-hmm. I won't have a thing that I have to do right, and then I won't have to get it right. And so then you're right. Like I'm not looking for inspiration. I'm looking to be motivated to do these things I told myself I have to do because they have to get done. Mm-hmm. And then I just choose to leave things off the list so that I didn't fail at them, but I never tried. Um, so I don't know what's been inspiring me now. I feel like I need to reframe my thinking to be looking for that kind of inspiration as opposed to looking to get it right or check the box or call it completed. Yes. And it's a, it's, it really is a daily process. Um, and for me, like I said, I, I had to kind of arrive to that through meditation, which is the perfect (laughs) segue for us because our final phase of the interview actually includes pronouncing our I am's. Um, And it's it's in my meditation. There's a point where I define who I am to myself. Uh, and, it, and it goes a little like this. Um, I am Amanda. I am a daughter. I am a writer. I am a director. And then what, however many commas that I like to put, you know, bef- behind that. And at the end of it, I say, I love you. So if you don't mind, I'd love you to pronounce your I am. And make sure you mark it with I love you. I am Christina Elmore. I am a child of God. I am a follower of Christ. 
I am a mother to Cyrus. I am a wife to Ryan. I am a kind friend. I am a servant. I am an actor. I am a writer. I am a creator. I am an artist. I am a sister and a daughter. I am a friend. And I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yay, I love that. Yeah. I'm stealing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, am I these things? And I was like, you yeah. know, low key, I am. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> You, yes. I show am. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yes, and I love it. Um, Christina, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, okay, let's see. You can find me on Instagram at Christina.Elmore. And then that's about it. I'm on Twitter, but I don't even remember my handle. I think it might be t- Tina Loren. But I don't post, so don't find me there. <laughs> and that's it. Or find and then watch 20s um, on BET. In the early part of 2020, and then watch Insecure season four. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I am inspired by you and your story and what you continue to do, and I'll keep supporting you. Thank you, and I feel the same about you. I'm so grateful to have done this with you. I'm so grateful for your light and your work, and I feel honored to be on your podcast. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Today's podcast was executive produced by Chanel Azoro, co-founder of Renovation Productions. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to our next conversations. Stay sweet. Stay inspired. Love you all.